0: Christ is all. Mm-hmm. Song of letters. See, I don't possess houses, no land, fine clothes, no jewelry. Mm-hmm. Sorrows and cares in the soul world My lip seems to be, but I have Christ. who paid the price way back on Calvary. For Christ is all, is all, and all this world to me. Christ is all. He is everything to me, Christ is all, for he rules the land and sea, Christ is all, Christ is all, without him nothing could be, Christ is all, is all, and all this world Some folk who look and long for this world's riches, there are some folk who look for power, position too. But I have Christ all in my life, and this makes me happy. For Christ is all, is all and all this world to me. Christ is all, He is everything to me. Christ is all, He rules the land and sea. Christ is all. And nothing could be Christ is all his all and all this world to me yes Christ is all he means more to me than this world's riches he is my guide. My guiding light through pathless seas. Yes, it's mighty nice to have Christ. Who will your friend be? For Christ is all, his all, and all this world to me. Sing with me. Christ is all. See, Christ is all, Christ is all, we without him and nothing could be. Christ is all, is all and all, this world to me.
1: transition into the radio phase of our program, we want to welcome our KKVV listening audience from the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church located at 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada. Today our message is brought to us by our senior pastor, Dr. Calvin B. Rock. We promise not only inspiration, but we promise that we and you at home will be transformed by the power of God. If you'd like a copy of this message, The Fruit, the series, The Fruit of the Spirit, you may contact us at 702-647-2627 or You may also watch us a rebroadcast at www.abundantlifelv.org. Before our senior pastor, Dr. Calvin Rock, comes to us, we will have another sacred selection by our brother Carl Peterson, after which we'll hear the voice of none other than Dr. Calvin B. Rock. Hear ye him. Amen. Amen.
2: Savior
0: is waiting
2: to enter your heart, why don't you let him come in? Jesús quiere entrar hoy en tu corazón, porque resistes su amor. El Respondes a él, más una vez ha esperado por ti y hoy el despierto, otra vez. If you take one step towards the same. You'll find his arms open wide Receive him and all of your darkness will end. Deep in your heart heal abide. Time after time, he has waited before. And now, he's waiting again. Aver, si tu quieres la puerta a abrir Oh, como el querer Oh, how he wants to Oh, how he wants to come in Amen. 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 Amen.
3: Thank you, Dr. Peterson. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we open our hearts to you now. We pray that you will take away all of self and sin and the world. And may the lesson of the hour penetrate our hearts and minds and find a resting place in our souls. In Jesus' name and for His sake we ask it. Amen. As you know, we have in our last several regular Sabbath sermons been dealing with the book of Galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. And I'd like to turn to the screen and take a quick review of where we are and where we want to head today. Today we are engaging in a discussion on one particular element of the fruit, and that is the fruit of goodness. You remember the scriptures read, the text read, but the fruit of the Spirit, and there are nine of them. Let's see, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and that's where we are today. We've reached goodness, number six in the arrangement, and we have three left, faith, meekness, and temperance. And these we will explore before the year is over. Against such, there is no law. But, Turning to the next slide, please note that these nine elements of the fruit of the Spirit are organized into three sections. We haven't mentioned this before, but it's time to observe. The first three, group A, love, joy, peace, that's the first three, have to do with our relationship toward God. The love of God, you remember we discussed when we began. Joy in the Holy Ghost, you remember. And peace with God. Those three elements of the fruit of the Spirit are one group. Then there's group B. And the next group, and that's the group where we are today, the last one, goodness. This group, long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness, has to do with our relationship to each other. Notice how, how, how broad and complete the Bible is. Nine elements to the fruit of the Spirit. The first three reference our relationship with God. The three that we are now ending represent our relationship with each other. And the group C that is to come during the month of December, faith, meekness, and temperance, has to do, these three have to do, with our relationship towards self our faith our meekness and our temperance or our lifestyle so we'll get to them but today we're dealing with goodness the sixth of the nine elements of the fruit of the spirit and this word goodness this term goodness taken in galatians chapter 5 verse 22 comes from the greek word meaning well intentioned or well motivated and when the bible says that the holy spirit develops within the child of god goodness what it's really saying, more than anything else, is that the Holy Spirit, in addition to love and joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness, brings to the child of God the gift of kindness toward each other and the spirit of good intentions toward other people. In other words, the child of God, as he or she connects with God, develops good motives and acts from proper motivation. Ellen White, in the book *Christ Object Lessons, page 316, has this to say. Every act is judged by the motives that prompt it. All right, every action. God judges by your motive, my motive. Only that which is in accord with the principles of God's law will stand in the judgment. It is motive, brothers and sisters, that counts. That's what this goodness is all about. What you really mean is not so much what you really do, but it's your intention that defines your goodness. Good intentions properly carried out toward others is what this goodness is all about. All of which reminds us that there are certain cautions here to be kept in mind. One caution is this. Good intentions, not carried out, don't count. You can have all the good intentions and all the good motivations of the world, but if you don't act on them, they don't count. In fact, I remember years ago a poem that I've always tried to keep in mind, and I haven't been perfect in, in, in living it out, but may I read it to you? I, I think it explains the point. The title of the poem is Tomorrow by Edgar Guest. Some of you know it, it goes like this. He was going to be all that mortal should be tomorrow. No one should be kinder or braver than he tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and weary he knew, who'd be glad of a lift and who needed it too. On him he would call to see what he could do tomorrow. Each morning he stacked up the letters he'd write tomorrow and thought of the people he'd fill with delight tomorrow. It was too bad indeed he was busy today and hadn't a minute to stop on his way. More time he would have to give others he'd say tomorrow. The greatest of workers this man would have been tomorrow. The world would have known him had he ever been seen tomorrow. But the fact is he died and faded from view and all he had left when living was through was a mountain of things he intended to do tomorrow. Good intentions. Unfulfilled. Don't count. Number two. Since each person's motivation is a result of their personality and experience, we should closely examine ours and leave other people's motivation to God. When it comes to this business of goodness, God is the one who determines who's good, not you and not I and God sees the heart we see the exterior and we never know what's on the inside of others and we should never be judgmental about somebody else's motivation you remember the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus was visiting with them in Luke chapter 10 You remember that don't you and and Mary sat on the floor with her eyes wide open, adoring Jesus and just drinking in every word. And Martha was back in the kitchen just cooking up Thanksgiving dinner or whatever it was, the occasion. But she was back there peeling onions and stirring the soup and baking the bread and going through all the pumpkin pie, trying to get ready for Jesus. And there was her sister Mary sitting down with her mouth open. Just adoring this this wonderful Jesus. And you know what happened, don't you? Martha came out of that kitchen and she said, Look, Lord, do you not care that my sister, this is Luke 10 verse 40, my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to come back here and help me. Jesus said in verse 41 Martha, Martha you are troubled about many things But one thing is needed And Mary has chosen the good part Now who was right Mary or Martha Martha had her motivation Mary had her motivation And Jesus was telling Martha Don't you jump on Mary I'll take care of the judging As to whose motive is right in this matter And you and I Must be careful as we deal with goodness, our own and others, that we are not judgmental and we leave that, that judgment business to God. Number three, good intentions or motivations coupled with bad information is extremely dangerous. So we just can't say good motivation is what we got to have. Good motivation must be acted upon with, with, with good information. If not, it is zeal, not according to knowledge. And that's gotten a lot of people in trouble. Some nurses have good motivation, but they've given overdoses that have killed people. And I've read of doctors with good motivation who cut off the wrong arm. You ever read about that? Cut off the wrong leg, the wrong foot. Good motivation without specific information is very, very dangerous. Parents. Have often good motivation. But they're too loose on their children. They want the children to love them. They they, they want their children to be happy. Good motivation. But they're not directed by good instruction. Some parents love their children. But they are too strict. Too tight. Good intentions. Are not enough. Good motivation must be accompanied by good direction and good information. Number four, every good-sounding idea is not supported by good intention. We cannot judge others' motivations. We can't see in people's hearts, but we are told to try the spirits. Satan uses good ideas to cover bad motivation. That's what he did with Eve. He presented her what sounded like a good idea. You'll have your more information. You're beautiful, and just listen to me, and and you'll be able to see. and And it it sounded like a good idea, but it came from a horrible, horrible, horrible motivation. The same is in the book of Luke. It's recorded of. A situation in Luke chapter 7 verse 37 when Jesus had his feet washed with the hair of Mary. You remember Mary who was so thankful for what Jesus had done for her. And behold verse 37 says a woman in the city was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus was at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he spoke to himself saying, he muttered out loud, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teachers, say it. And he went on to give the parable about the man who owed and the other person who owed and who owed the the most. But Jesus was teaching then and is teaching now through experiences that we have as we interact with one another that every time somebody comes up with what sounds like a good idea and, and Simon was, was, was saying it's, it's, it, why is she wasting all this money? Why, why is all this being wasted? Doesn't he know what kind of woman this is? He had a selfish motive which seems to back up a good sounding idea, and that was the problem with Judas. Judas said, I will force Jesus' hand. Sound like a good idea. He's here preaching and teaching, and we need him to make himself prominent we need him to deliver us from the Romans and he keeps giving these parables and talking in symbols I wanna force his hand so he arranged to betray him and down in his heart Judas thought that what he was doing would make Jesus come out and declare himself sounded like a good idea but his motives were selfish and his motives were were personal He he is the one who wanted to dictate affairs. He is the one who wanted to direct the orchestra of Jesus' life. I say to you, we must be careful with our motives because every good-sounding idea is not backed by a pure motive. Number five, no matter how much earthly good we accomplish, if our motives are bad, the deeds we do do not count with God. And that is brought out in Luke 21 when the Bible says that there was a Pharisee who went to the temple and from his much he cast in a large gift. And the little widow woman threw in two little mites. Wasn't much. But the Pharisee's large gift while it might have helped pay the temple bills, it didn't count for one single credit with God. God's blessings are not on consequence. God's blessings are on motives. God's blessings are on the intention, not on the result. What makes an act good What counts us as being filled with goodness is not the volume of our gift or the scale of our ministry. It is rather the purity of the motive with which we perform. And finally here, no matter how good your motive is or seems to you to be, you must always act in the light of God's instructions. You see... To be truly good, to, to have goodness in its purest form, we must subject our ideas for what is right and wrong to the commandments and the instructions of God. Second Samuel chapter six verses six and seven there was a man named Uzzah, and the Bible says that he was walking along and the Ark of God was being pulled by the oxen and the oxen stumbled on some rocks or pebbles and when the the oxen stumbled the ark tilted and the ark was about to fall and Uzzah put up his hand to keep the ark from falling and you know what happened to him? He was struck dead. It was a good idea to keep the ark from falling but it was... A wrong action because God had said nobody but the priest could touch the ark. And Uzzah because he forgot. Uzzah because he thought that his intention was wholesome and in his reflex action disobeyed and was struck dead. The principle works for those who say well I have a good motivation for working on the Sabbath my motivation for working on the Sabbath is I have to feed my family but God said remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy and when you or I break ranks with the commandments of God even though we think we have a good motivation if it does not jive, if it does not harmonize with the word of God, we not only lack approval, but we suffer dire consequences. The same thing is with our tithing. Some folks say, well, pastor, I had to spend my tithe. I, I, I had to pay rent. Your using your tithe to pay your rent is like us stopping the ark from falling. It's wrong. And being wrong, it will bring the curse that you would not have had and it will eliminate the blessing that you would have had had you or I been so locked in on God's commandments that none of our ideas of good intentions or good actions will ever conflict no matter what the results are. Even death itself is better than lifting our intentions above the commandments of our God. So what does all this mean? It means that God does not judge us by the size or greatness of our deed, but by the purity of our motive or our goodness. It means that true goodness is more than good wishes. It is selfless, informed, obedient, faith-based response to God's word in relation to others what then is goodness goodness is love in action goodness is love taking medicine to the sick goodness is love sharing food with the hungry goodness is love assisting young people in Christian education goodness is love sacrificing parental education and career putting them on hold or forfeiting them altogether if necessary for the sake of our children. Goodness is love taking Bible studies to neighbors and friends. Goodness is love assisting in the work of the pathfinders on Sunday morning. Goodness is visiting the old folk in their homes on Saturday evening. Goodness connects not only with love, however, the first element of the nine-part formula, goodness relates to them all. Goodness spans all nine of the elements of the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, goodness is love and action, but goodness is also joy in the Spirit. Goodness is peace in the attitude. Goodness is long-suffering in the temperament. Goodness is gentleness in the outreach. Goodness is faith in the outlook. Goodness is meekness in the manner. And goodness is temperance in the lifestyle. And goodness that completes the second grouping of the fruits of the Spirit can only be given by the second birth because the first birth does not bring us into this world with goodness. We're all born in sin and shapen in iniquity, Psalm 51, 5. We come here with selfishness. We do not come here with goodness. We come here with me first, me and mine. We come here with self-preservation as the raw first law of nature. We come here not concerned about others. We come here with our own interests paramount, and prioritize and somewhere down the line if we're going to be properly motivated if we're going to have goodness the Holy Spirit Galatians is telling us must quicken us by the power of God he must burn out our selfish impulses and supplant the evil with which we are born with the character and the nature and the likeness of Jesus Christ and it's a hard operation it doesn't come easy it doesn't come easy we can fake it we can walk around and act like it and put on our perfume and our powder and dress up with our fancy shirts and ties and shine our shoes and 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 wash our cars and come to church and go to the communities and act like we are selfless And act like we prefer the other one's good to our own. And pretend because people can't see inside of us how we really feel that we have this goodness. But only when the Holy Spirit works with us. And it's hard the Holy Spirit has to get rid of the greed the Holy Spirit has to get rid of the selfishness the Holy Spirit has to get rid of the hoarding the Holy Spirit has to get rid of the me first part with which we are born and put in the likeness of Jesus our good and loyal beautiful Savior to make us truly good and truly motivated to be kind and to be solicitous and to be selfless as it pertains to our family, our friends, and our neighbors. It takes the chisel of trial. It takes the fire of disappointment. It takes the scaffold of bitter experience. But when God is done, we come forth looking like him. You can't get it in school. You can't get it in trigonometry. You can't get it in biology. You can't get it in sociology. You can't get it in history. You can't get it in chemistry. You can only get it when you stick your head in the Word of God. And when we read the Word of God, the same power that made the world, the same power that hung the stars and the moon in place, the same power that separated the heavens from the earth, that creative power works in our hearts and he melts our hard hearts and he makes us like Christ. And we selfish, egotistical, germ-filled people with hearts that are deceitful and desperately wicked, God changes us And he gives us goodness that makes us look and act like Jesus Christ. How good is God? He is so good that he gave our disobedient world a second chance. How good is this God whose goodness we emulate? He is so good that even though he found it necessary to destroy the world by a flood, When men and women got so wicked that the Bible says every thought that we had was only evil continually. I know some people like that now. Every other word is a curse word. Every thought is something full of sex and crime and dirt and grime. And the whole world. Had reached such a low point that God said, I must destroy them. But He was so good that even in the flood, He was so good that He allowed the water which devoured the earth to put Great sinkholes in the in the surface of the earth and push up mountains. And in those mountains we have fossils that turn into coal and oil and other minerals, even in destruction, the good God provided for the human race. Amen. He is so good that he sends sunshine and rain and cycles of clouds and and he provides the elements that make make the crops grow so that we have food to eat. He is so good that he put miles and miles of vessels in our bodies and a pump in our chest to keep that blood flowing to oxygenate our system. He is so good that he allowed a land called North America to be settled with Canada on the north and Mexico and the Gulf on the south and the Atlantic Ocean on the east and the Pacific on the west and call this land the United States and protect us all these years with one exception of that awful terrorist attack from our land having foreign invasion. He is so good that he blessed the people brought here by slavery in ships and chains who were stood up on auction blocks with their jaws opened up so that their teeth and tongue and mouths could be inspected like horses and animals. of people who had been stacked in the belly of slave ships for months and weeks crossing over. When so many of them died that many had to be thrown overboard for the sharks. He is so good that after barely 150 years past slavery and just 54 years past separate but equal, after all the lynchings and burnings and hangings and bombings, and after still this world and this country is filled with evil conservatives on television and radio who seek to make us less than human, God has raised up, God has exalted an intelligent, sophisticated, clean-cut black man with an intelligent, sophisticated, clean-cut black wife who will be the 44th president and wife of the United States of America. God is good. But greatest of all, the evidence of God's goodness is not out there in the soil or in the society. The greatest evidence of his good is in our souls in what he's done for you and me. The greatest evidence that we have today is that we are alive and that we know Jesus. Why are we here? Why are we here? Why weren't you or I in that car that was parked at the stoplight a few months ago with this beautiful young woman just idling, waiting for the red light when some drunken lout plowed into the back of her car and took away her life. Why wasn't that you? Why wasn't it me? Why weren't you and I in that car? How, How do we escape? How do we escape the incident the other day just last week When this mother of several children is going through a green light and a 19-year-old drunk plows into the side of her car and wipes out her life. Why are you still here? Why am I still here? Why are you or I not among those to whom the doctor has already said, when he opened us up and sold us back, there's nothing else I can do. Why are we here? Who what, what does God see in you? And what does God see in me that's so good that he allows us to walk and talk when so many other thousands and millions in the world are suffering from starvation and sickness and dire circumstances? All I can say is, I don't know why God has spared me or why He allowed me to be born into an Adventist family or why He brought you in from wherever you are. All I can say is, God is good and all the time. And I can say it better than that. God is very good and all the time. And that is His nature, that is the God that we serve and I like the way David put it he said in psalm 27:13 I would have lost heart unless I had believed in the goodness of the Lord yes. I couldn't work I couldn't sleep I couldn't stand it but I believe that it was David's best expression in psalm 23 Verse 6, when he said, thinking of God's regard for the human race, when he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long? All the days of my life. You see, David had been a shepherd. And he had had sheep. And flock out in the wilderness. And he learned about this goodness of God. And, and, and I say this because you see. You and I can't find goodness in each other. I, I, I can't model the goodness of my brethren. Or my sisters. It's the goodness of God. That leads to repentance. Romans 2 verse 4. It's God's goodness. And David said I know it. I found it. Well we were in Africa. Just a few days ago. We saw several examples of shepherding where men and boys with their rod and staff were walking behind flocks of goat and sheep, whatever, cows with their bells ringing all up and down these back roads of Kenya, we saw them. And they had dogs following them and the dogs would herd them Bring them into line. They were going along. And then later on. Out in the Masamari. Masaimari, game part in the Serengeti. We saw even better than that. We saw it. We saw it. We saw the lions. We sat there in the van. And watched while these female lions. You know the females do the hunting. You know that don't you? The males sit there and wait to eat. But the female. These, these three female sisters. We saw it. We saw them creeping up behind the herd of wildebeest. And we saw some lions go to one side, and then the other lions in the middle, and other lion over here, way on the other flank. And we sat there and watched when all of a sudden one of the female lionesses took off like a bolt of lightning and ran way around behind the wildebeest, 2 or 300 of them in a the big pack, and began to scare them and herd them right where the other we watched as a cheetah on another day we were out in the masamari and we watched a cheetah slinking in the grass just creeping on his belly creeping up on an, a little innocent impala who was all alone out in the field with some wildebeest and we watched in amazement as that as that huge male cheetah on cotton feet crept up to get in position to attack. David, fortunately for the beast that we saw, the wildebeest got away and so did the impala. We we, we saw the cheetah take off after the impala and as far as we could look, all we could see was that cheetah running like a bolt of lightning, but the impala decided not to be dinner that day and got away. But it doesn't always happen because we saw carcasses around. We saw carcasses where hyenas and vultures had eaten all the flesh off of a lion and nothing but the lion's bones. And we saw dogs eating dead gazelle, all of that. But David was out there with these animals and his sheep. And David remembered when he thought about his own spiritual life. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he said that just as I had my dogs who helped me herd. So God has his watchdogs called goodness and mercy. And they shall follow me all the days of my life. And sometimes we... Are ah, assaulted by the lion of temptation, and mercy will run off and flank, and mercy will cry to you and to me, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And goodness goes to the other side and says, Yes, there has no temptation taken you, but except that is common to man. And sometimes we are shadowed and assaulted by the hyenas of guilt because we have done wrong. But mercy, God's watchdog on the right says Confess your sins And he is faithful and just to forgive And goodness rises up and says Yes, child, thy sins be forgiven But go thy way and sin no more And then we are often stalked by the cheaters of doubt But mercy reminds us on his flank Don't worry He will keep in perfect peace Those whose minds are stayed on him And goodness can. Conf- Furs and says, yes, you're safe, child of God. Why? Because all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And then we often cross the rivers of trial, inhabited by the crocodiles of fear. And we saw that too out in the game park. We went to a river where the hippos were submerged and the crocodiles were swimming And and there's a season in the wildlife when these animals have to cross and it's very treacherous and some never make it. But when we come to the river, of fear of failure and fear of people and fear of loneliness and fear of being lost. Mercy, God's watchdog, herds us across and says, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to take you to the other side, to the kingdom. And goodness affirms when thou walkest through the fire I will be with you and the waters they shall not overflow I will be with you God's goodness says even in the final moments of life when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death fear not you don't have to go alone you may have to die but you won't die alone And remember, goodness says, I am he who was alive and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. I am the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. I am the shepherd whose goodness allowed him to be beaten and lacerated and bruised and mauled and slain and slaughtered on your behalf. And goodness and mercy are our protection, are our guides, And that is the kind of good God that we serve. That is the kind of good God whose goodness, when viewed, Paul says, leads us to repentance. Leads us to proper intention and motivation as we work with each other so we don't judge each other so much or at all so that we give each other the benefit of the doubt so that each day we pray for humility and selflessness and a willingness to sacrifice but that's God and that's God's goodness my question for you in conclusion is how do you respond to God's promise to give to you the fruit of goodness and to God's demonstration of the goodness that he's demonstrated toward you and me. So I'm gonna ask that you will stand when I come to your number. When I call your number, you just stand. And if I don't call your number, it's okay. Maybe you're, you're thankful for something that I haven't thought about. But let me ask you, all those of you here today who have experienced God's goodness, in being healed or relieved of some sickness would you stand you've had a sickness that could have gotten worse could have taken you out but god blessed you and relieved you and on this thanksgiving weekend you just want to stand and say thanks to god all right all of you who are grateful for children now i know children do some silly things and some of them you can't be too proud of you love them but They're disappointing. But is anybody here who's got some children who've done right? Anybody here proud of your children? They're doing okay and you thank God they're not in jail. They're not on drugs. They're not out having babies. Unmarried. Anybody here thank God for the job you have? He's been good enough to give you a job. If you're already standing, just wave your hand and say, yeah, that's me. All right. Anybody here thankful that you were able to finish school this year? You went to school somewhere and took some courses and God bless you to finish. Anybody here thankful that you found the truth this year? That the Sabbath came to you and you found it. You've been baptized. God has been good. Anybody here? who is thankful for some habit you overcame you've had some bad habits I don't know what it is I don't want to know what it is I don't want to know yours I'm not going to tell you mine but you're glad you overcame by God's grace you want to stand right now you want to affirm anybody here who is grateful because you made a trip somewhere and It was a dangerous trip, and you could have been wiped out, but God spared your life. You want to stand and join the others? Here's one. Anybody here experience God's goodness as a spouse? You're glad God gave you a good husband or a good wife. Now, I know not everybody, but you're glad God gave you a good husband or a good wife. Just stand. Stand and thank him. Now, if I didn't ring your button yet, this one ought to get it. Anybody here glad to be alive? You can stand. If I didn't hit you, you're just glad God spared your life. You have something for which to be grateful today. And you thank it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. And we want that goodness to be ever present in our hearts and minds. For it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. And as we think about how good you've been, we give you thanks today. We give you thanksgiving. We've had problems. We've had issues. We've had disappointments. But Lord, they are inconsequential compared to your great goodness. Your mercy endureth forever. Thank you, God. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to sin your son. He didn't have to die on the cross of Calvary. But through his goodness, we have the blood of forgiveness and the robe of righteousness. And we thank you. And while we're on our feet and your heads are and your eyes are closed, I want to speak to that man or woman or boy or girl who's here today who is not a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I want to tell you, I'm bold about this one. I'm bold about it. You need to belong to God's Sabbath-keeping church. You need to stop working and and playing around on the Sabbath. You need to keep all ten of God's commandments. You may be a Christian already, but you need to take this higher step. Or maybe you've not been a good Christian and you need to come on in anyway. If you're in one of these categories or you used to be a member of the church and you want to come back, just raise your hand right where you are. You used to be you want to come back or you've never been and you want to step on in. You see God's goodness today. I invite you to express yourself by saying yes to Jesus and gratitude for His love. Who is it? Never been? Used to be? The doors of the church are open let's just sing just quietly as our heads about god god is so good so good god is so good god is so So Father in heaven we stand in your presence committed, surrendered, grateful take your word seal it in our hearts may it be a seed in good soil and as we add goodness to love and joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness make us to be wholly thine, completely thine, in love you and one another, till you shall come a call, let all the people say, Amen. Shall we be seated? Hmm? Yeah. You can tell them that. Tell them it's a benediction.
1: Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Our last prayer would have been our benediction. At this time, I'd like to invite our visiting friends and those of our members who you have nowhere to partake of a fine lunch. You are also invited next door in our fellowship hall, where we will meet together and also share together. Thank you.
3: God bless congratulations on your baptisms you're doing doing fine oh I forgot the offering I'll do it next week hey okay we'll do it next week okay. yes right. too long hey girl yes, sir. hi God bless hey God bless God bless glad to have you God bless you good to see you building all right sister Building. God bless you, good to see you, good to see you, Harris, God bless, alright big boy, take care of yourself, alright, bless you, bless you, okay, hey, how are you,
2: God bless you, good to see you,
3: welcome.